embrace his word. Would you say that with me? Embrace his word. Embrace his word as we get into the message in the next few moments. Uh, we're dealing with Moses. He, uh, he's been in the wilderness how many years? You'd be correct. 40. Y'all with me? He's been in the wilderness 40, maybe plus 40. But when you're in the wilderness, wilderness is a place that very few of us say, God, I'd, I'd like to go to the wilderness. You know, for vacation, I think I'd like to go out there in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness. And I'm uh, say, God, but that's where Moses was. But he was there on a divine assignment. Now think about this. I'd rather be in the wilderness on a divine assignment than to be in the suburbs or whatever the case out of the will of God. Y'all with me? Come on, I'm going to need some amens tonight. Understanding that in that wilderness, and because he's in the wilderness, he's in a place where he needs God's divine direction and his touch. So in the wilderness, he experienced many miracles. You've read the story. He experienced many disappointments. He experienced numerous days of anxiousness. God, the manna is running a little late today. Did you get in a traffic jam and, and they didn't make enough? To, usually it comes about 4.30 in the afternoon, but you're missing the mark. So it's anxious. God, we're about out of water here. And days of anxiousness or tight places. God, if you don't show up on this deal, I put my neck way out there. You ever been in places like that? I really took a step of faith. I'm here. And unbelievable experiences that you get the wow factor when you happen to read it. He has watched what we all like to read about, the supernatural intervention of God over and over and over. Now, I want to see your hand. How many has ever had the supernatural intervention of God in your life in some regard? You knew that it was God that showed up. You just knew that. It could not have been possible except God intervened in the situation and you thought, Lord, I was scared to death. Thank God you showed up. So we're going to journey with him for a few moments to see how he managed it. Now, God is about to speak to him. And when he speaks to him, we find that in Deuteronomy 34, verse number four. And this is what the point is. God is faithful. Say that with me. God is faithful. Let's, let's raise the level of our voice. God is faithful. He's faithful. Now, what we have to do the next time that we come to the conclusion that the path we're on might take us into the wilderness. We need to raise our voice and say, from the looks of the path that I'm on, it's going to take me to the wilderness, but what? God is faithful. That's how I choose to live and believe. So here we go. Then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised an oath to Abraham, who else? Isaac and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. Now read the next part, few lines with me. Here you go. We're ready. I have let you see it 
with your own eyes, but you will not cross over into it. What? You will not cross over into it. At the end of the 40 years, at the end of the pressure, at the end of the tight situation, there it is. I want you to see it. But you're not, you're not going to be able to inhabit that. At this point in time in the scripture, Moses was within hours of his death. He's just within hours of being able to be in the promised land. And God says to him, like I'm talking to you tonight, God says to him, the Israelites are going to possess the territory. These people around you, Moses, that you have led since being in the wilderness, they're going to inhabit that land. Now that promise was made in Genesis 17. Now that would be from where we are in our text back to Genesis 17. God made that promise to Abraham 447 years prior to this moment. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this is the land. The psalmist cried in Psalms 89, verse number 1. He said, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. So 447 years, now we find Moses being able to look over and God says, what I promised 447 years before. You know, that brings me to this point. There are promises and there are blessings that God promised to those that have gone before you that, that were related to you that will come true in your lifetime. And there are promises that God, hang on to this now, promises that God made to you that will come to pass in the lifetime of your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, we have to say, I believe God's promises are true and faithful. To Moses, God was faithful. He was giving his divine presence every day. God, I'm not going unless you go with me. I'll be with you. So he gave him that. He performed miracles all around him every day. Supplied direction with a pill of cloud there in the day and fire by night. Once again, God showed up. Moses could take his book out and write and say, look what the Lord has done. He supplied food and water. He, of course, gave him wisdom and boldness of leadership. Sometimes it's difficult to lead a rowdy group of people. He, he protected the people from harm because God promised, promised Moses that that's what he would do, protect them and making a way where there is no way. Solomon declares God's faithfulness. He was a man of great experience in 1 Kings 8.56. He says, praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, just as he what? Just as he what? As he promised. Now read the rest. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant, Moses. Somebody say amen. Not one word. The next time the devil corners you up 
and tells you that you are lost, the next time he lies to you, the next time he stirs your emotion and said, you're going down a dead end, you can turn and say, but I believe my God is faithful and not one word that he has promised me in this book right here will go void. I believe my God will supply all my needs. Come on, church. I know it's Wednesday night. It's true. You lock that down. One of the things that we're learning, that would be Sharon and me, is, boy, you get kids, and then you get grandkids, and then you get great-grandkids. And oftentimes, you don't necessarily have the control over your grandkids or great-grandchildren that you had over your children. How many know what I'm talking about? Because they've got parents. So what do we have to do? You know what a grandparent's responsibility is? Ah, you pray. You say, hey, you pray. And when you get them by yourself, just before you buy them that Dairy Queen ice cream, you coach them a little bit. Say, let me talk to you. I know your mom and dad might have told you, but we're going to follow it up with a big old amen. No, you're not going to lick that ice cream yet. You see, we understand not one. Get it, get it in your cranium. Not one thing. Oh, we hit those rough moments that are difficult. That, that statement was made 447 years after Moses' death. God's still talking, still speaking. And God's faithfulness is, guess what? It's not limited to time or circumstance or, or man's compliance. God said, I'm going to give this to you. And look how many times, notice this, look how many times God's given us something and we really knew, God, I, I don't deserve this. You know, last week, last, I, was, I was not good. I kind of slipped up and you still, you're still giving me this promise? You know what God is saying? I love you enough to bless you even though there have been times I haven't been happy with you. I know this is good stuff. I know it. I know it. It's based upon the character of God who is perfect, my God, and flawless. He never sings off key. He never stutters when he talks. He never has to think about what he's saying. He knows he's blessed each of us far beyond what we deserve. And why does he bless us? Look back on your life. Why has he blessed you? Why did he bless you today? Because his promise and his desire for us is to say, now that I bless you, I want you to be a blessing. I want you to tell somebody that I'm faithful. I want you to tell somebody I'm the way, the truth, and the light. I want you to tell somebody that you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to tell somebody God is the answer to your problem. I want you to tell somebody there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. I want you to tell somebody that what God is able to do once, he can do again and again and again. Over and over and over again. But oh, there's something that has to be done. Telling now, but you got to be obedient. How many of you are just naturally obedient? Tim, did you raise your hand? 
naturally obedient. I don't know anyone except Sharon (laughs) who's naturally obedient. Human nature goes against the culture of the Holy Ghost. But here's what he says. You discipline yourself and you think. You think before you become radically disobedient. You think and say, no, I need to be obedient. So here's what he says, Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was what? Filled with the spirit of wisdom. Why? Because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. We got a new leader here. We all know Joshua. We all know him well. He's been in the right hand of Moses. But did you see what Moses did? Moses reached over and laid his hands on him. Did you see the power that shook him when Moses laid his hands on him and commanded blessing over his life? Did you see that? Did you see that singular anointing that came on Joshua's life? Wow. We better obey the man that has the anointing. We better obey. A few centuries ago before Christ, there was a man named Alexander who conquered almost the known world in that day. He was at a place that he took a small army and went to this fortified city, had walls all around it, People at the corners, sentinels. And Alexander stood outside the walls and cried out to those guarding the city, tell your king to come and listen to what I have to say. Tell him to come and surrender to me. Tell your king to come. Alexander kept it up until finally the king was tired of getting the text that there's somebody outside the walls that want to talk to you. So he came piously, the highest pitch of the wall, along with some of his security guards. (coughs) What do you want? I want you to surrender your city to me. The king said, why should I surrender to you? You can't do us any harm. Our city is fortified. You must be crazy to think that we would surrender to you. Alexander said to the king, watch. He commanded the small army of men to line in single file. The city was built on an edge of a cliff so that 
on the backside, no one could climb up to invade. The only way was facing the desert. Alexander commanded the men, march. They were marching toward the cliff. The number one soldier marked right off the cliff to his death. The number two soldier right off the cliff to his death. Scuttlebutt happened. Townspeople came up on the wall to watch. Number three went down. Number four went down. Number five went down. Number six went down. No hesitation. Number seven went down. Number eight went down. Number nine went down. The townspeople were crying. Number 10 went down. And Alexander said, stop. Come back to me. He said, now king, surrender your city to me now. And the king and the townspeople surrendered their city to Alexander the Great. And the king said, if those men will follow him to their own death, with that type of obedience and perseverance, it would be just a matter of time that Alexander the Great would take over our city. And they surrendered. May I suggest to you that when you are obedient to God, God will take the enemy and cow him down in order for God's will through you to be accomplished. There wasn't many men in that army and God doesn't need any people to do what his will needs to be done. His hand is enough. Somebody say amen. But when you and when I are obedient and when we believe and we fight discouragement and God provides water when we need water, I'm here to tell you with that kind of obedience and that kind of faith, God will turn your problems upside down. God will take your challenges and make them melt right down before your feet. God will take that which is solidly against you and melt it down to nothing by the grace of God. When obedience comes as a result of God's word, somebody say amen. We live in a world today that we're shocked by what's going on and we look at the news and we see impeachment and we see all of that and I still get emails. Oh my God, pastor, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to be faithful until then when that trumpet sounds, God's going to take us out of here and then we're going to leave it behind. But here's what I know, until then, the church is going to be found faithful because we have the promise of a mighty God. It is not by might, not by power. Moses was told the Israelites who initially left Egypt that they would not see the promised land, those born in the wilderness. Why? Why didn't those who initially came out? Well, the answer is found in Numbers 14, 22. Here's what God says. 
hey, I performed in Egypt and in the desert miracles. But he said, those who disobeyed me tested me 10 times. And when they tested me 10 times, he said, as a result of that, they lost their ticket to be able to go into the promised land. Oh, my Lord, have we been disobedient to God from time to time? Yes, we have. Had we took the wrong road from time to time? Yes, we have. Had we made mistakes? Yes, we have. But here's what I know. In the New Testament, not in the New Old Testament, but in the New Testament, we have God's grace and God's mercy. And when we come back to him and say, God, I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong path, but would you please take me in? You know what God will do? He'll make a way where there is no way. Isaiah the prophet said, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let me give it to you, yard talk. He don't play. Hear the word of the Lord. Do you know when the greatest stand you ever took is the stand that you didn't think you could take? And you took it in the midst of turbulence. It's really simple. Obedience brings Blessing. Say that with me. Obedience brings blessing. What? Disobedience brings pain and destruction. Going to be obedient? That's good. You're going to be blessed. Disobedience doesn't pay any attention to God. Going to do it your way. Got deaf ears, a hard head. He says, you go right ahead. Understand, you're going to suffer a little bit. It's really simple. You see, when you sacrificially, that's what we do, isn't it? When we sacrificially give our talents and our energy and our finances and our prayer and our love to God and we share it, here's what will happen. You, when you know when you are on the right track. <laughs> Amen? You just know it. When you feel like, hey, I am ready to go, you can storm the gates of complacency, apathy. You can storm the gates of the ordinary and short-sighted vision. And you can say, God, I want the promises that you promised those like Moses and promises that I've already received, I want to see them happen. Do you think for a minute you have a problem or a challenge that's bigger than the Lord? You think God wants you to throw your hands up and cry like a big baby? You think God wants you to just get in a ball and wrap yourself up? You know what God says? If I wanted to take this situation from you, I could do it just like that. Until then, you just keep on keeping on, keep trusting me, keep believing me, and at a moment that you probably think not, I'm going to come in and I'm going to bring the sunshine in the midst of the dark clouds just for you. You might say, I don't believe any of that. I'd be careful going home if I were you. I believe it. You and I have what Moses didn't have. Notice this. 
He could only look into the promised land. Amen. I'm going there. Amen. I'm going there. I'm going there. Here's what else I know. How many have grandchildren? Okay, that's good. Now, how many have grandchildren you love? Good. How many, raise your hand now, how many believe grandchildren are easier to raise than your own children? Every hand came up again. Here's what, here's what he's saying, and this is to you and to me. Blessing will come. Blessing will come. Joshua 1, 3 through 5. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. Read the rest of it with me. Are you ready? Here we go. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. You believe that? Amen. Say, I believe it. Amen. Amen. I believe it. That'll make you get on your dancing shoes. I brought mine tonight. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I just believe it. Amen. I believe it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I believe it. Hallelujah. Saturday, I believe it. On Sunday, I get to demonstrate it. Hallelujah. On the Lord's day. I believe it, God. Why have I been moping around? Why have I been? Why have I just kind of presented a behavior of unbelief? I believe it. I believe it, God. I believe it. I believe it with all of my heart. God spoke to Joshua after Moses' death. And he said, I want you to prepare to lead. The expanded territory is going to be yours and no one's going to work against you. And God declared his promise would be to the Israelites. And in this promise, God was sharing that the blessing would be unconstrained, free flow, unlimited, unbelievable. He's saying, what I promised to Moses will be multiplied to you in greater proportion. I want you to try this on for size. When a family, a couple, are disrespectful and disobedient and do not have time for God or His church, that behavior will be multiplied in their children and grandchildren. Well, Grandpa might have been a good man, never went to church. Yeah, a few curse words, but he'd give you his shirt off his back. He never talked much about God, never read the Bible, but we loved him. 
And then the sons and the daughters have no visual example of what faithfulness and obedience to God is. No person is without the kind of excuse to say, I did not know, especially in America. We know. I've seen it over and over and over again. Here's what else I've seen. I've seen Ma and Pa, when they got old, come to the realization they blew it by not raising their children out of obedience in the church. And Ma and Pa then start getting the act 70, 80 years of age, we made a mistake. But let me tell you something. That will not change necessarily the outcome of your children's behavior because the only thing they saw was disregard for God and his church. And then the grandchildren began to accumulate a record of disobedience in culture and society. So you see, wherever you're at to now, or at now, something will follow you. But on the other hand, I've seen Ma and Pa be as faithful to the house of God as you could be. And I've seen their children, maybe not all of them, but a majority of them that had that witness of faithfulness and felt that they needed to honor God because of what they experienced. And as a result of that, the grandchildren though they may be a generation away from grandpa and grandma, they still know this is the way walkie in it and the blessing of the faithfulness of grandpa and grandma float through the generation and the next generation after them. Everybody listening? You see, it wasn't just important. That's why the generation that came out of Egypt, the first generation that was with Moses, did not see the land of promise. They died. because they disrespected what it meant to receive the blessing of God. So when you, as an older adult, and some of us in midlife, you get weary in well-doing, it matters that you remain faithful. 
to Almighty God. Somebody say amen. That's worth a hand clap to Jesus right there. It matters. It matters. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I realize what time it is. We have the same promise to be grateful to God. And so I pray that you'll listen carefully to this message and let it sink into your heart. I pray that those of you that are online, you see, every day, the steps that we take, every day, the influence that we have, either blesses or curses, either encourages or discourages others around us regarding God. If obedience is chosen, it brings blessing. You believe that? If obedience is rejected, it will bring distress. It will. Holy Spirit of God, Holy Ghost, divine anointing of the Heavenly Father, the anointing that overflows in the cup of the hand of Jesus Christ, the quickening of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would bring to us now a touch, a renewed passion and zeal to say, God, I want to stay close to you. I want to honor you. God, in my mistakes, I don't want to let my mistakes become rocks on my back. I want to shake them off. And I believe that every day can be new and inspiring and sweet in the Holy Spirit. I pray for those that are watching online, encourage their families and their need and those here. I also know, God, that there are those that are watching right now that just really never have taken an absolute step of boldness and say, God, I need to make a decision here and stick with it. Stick with it. I need to give you everything. Not just Monday through Friday. When Saturday comes, I take a splurge day. Let me stay true to you. Seven out of seven. Let it be so. Don't let me cave into discouragement or depression. Don't let me get down to the weary mully grubs. Let me stand up. Let me hold fast. So I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Every one of you at home and here to the best of our ability here in the room. Let's let it be heard. Shall we do that? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your sacrifice. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your anointing. I come to you tonight. I come to you tonight. With my heart open. With my heart open. My mind open. My mind open. My arms open. My arms open. And I say to you. And I say to you. Give me a touch. Give me a touch. That will last. That will last. And keep me going. And keep me going. I claim the promises. I claim the promises. That you have given to me. 
as a person who's been redeemed. Lord Jesus, you know the things that have attacked me, tried to bring me down, told me lies. I rebuke it all. In the name of Jesus, I am a child of God, and I declare those are my promises, and I receive them by the authority of the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's put our hands together one more time. Thank you, Lord. We are believing God in every during the week, a lot of times during the week, we're in meetings and say, God, what can we do? What next step do we need to take? And we're in prayer because here's what eventually, we're communicating with people that are friends around the nation, what's happening in that place. And Sharon said to me the other day, it's good you make all those calls and those inquiries. But Wayne Blackburn, you hear from God. And when you hear from God, you do it. Amen? I'm hearing from the Lord. I believe great things are in store. Amen? I just want to tell you now to shake some hands and hug some necks. I can't tell you that. But I sure want to. Spend time before you rush to get in your car and just have an opportunity to speak to someone and do it safely. Is that okay? You love Jesus? Amen. I love you, everybody. God bless you.